quick language warning here. Sometimes Alice and I, we have potty mouths and we're working on that. So this is probably best for grown-up listening only. This is Body Shock, a podcast by two newbie parents, me, Alice Fenton, and my co-host Shannon O'Mara. We separate fact from fiction about what having kids does to your body and mind and what you can do about it. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Alice. How are you doing? Good. Let's not beat around the bush. Today's episode is about the vagina. The pelvic area, the vag. Hoo-ha, front bum. Fanny. Fanny. I always hated Fanny. Anyway, so today we're talking about all things pelvis with Heba Shahid, who's a pelvic health physio, who is also co-founder of thepelvicexpert.com, which is an online platform focused on women's health, specifically the pelvic area, obviously, that essentially runs 12-week programs that you can engage with from the comfort of your own home to make sure that after you've had a baby or perhaps leading up to the birth, your pelvic floor is in the best possible shape it can be. Yeah, you're giving it some TLC. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the pelvic region, it, I think it's, a, it's often, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, like, talking about prolapses or incontinence, not everyone wants to have that very personal conversation. No, and the word prolapse is pretty terrifying. Bloody hope. Like, you imagine some, a, a kind of an avalanche of organs falling out of your body. That's what I visualise anyway, and that's not we learnt from Heba, actually the case. A lot of the time, if you have a fairly minor organ prolapse, you'd have no idea about it really, except maybe you've got a bit of lower back pain or things just feel a little bit uncomfortable down there or you've got a little bit of urinary incontinence when you run or sneeze. So a lot of the time, women go along to their six-week checkup post-birth. Doctor has a chat to you. Some doctors will do a bit of an internal exam, not all. Things look okay, they think, and you walk away and no one looks at your vagina again for a really long time. So however however you feel, you just think, this is kind of just the new normal. This is how things are. If if I'm experiencing a little bit of pain or whatever the case may be, you just think, okay, well, I've had a baby. I guess that's how it is. But what we are about to hear from Heba Shahid is that You don't have to think of pain as normal. There are things you can do to heal your whole pelvic area and to make your life a whole lot more pleasant. Absolutely. Let's hear what she has to say. So today we're talking to Heba Shahid, a pelvic health physio who's also started an online platform for women's health called The Pelvic Expert. Hi, Heba. Hello, Alice. Hello, Shannon. Hi. So today it's all about the vag and the pelvic area. Yeah, we've called it the vag, really, but we're not talking straight up about the vagina. We're talking about that whole... How would you refer to the area, Heba? The pelvis? The The whole pelvis? Okay. pelvis, yeah. (laughs) It's not that complicated, (laughs) Fenton. It's just the pelvis. Okay. Cool. So we're talking about the pelvis. So, Heba, what made you start the pelvic expert? And what is it, actually, for our listeners out there? Yeah, so the Pelvic Expert is an online platform and we provide women's health physiotherapy-related education and exercise and nutrition programs specifically for pregnant women, 
for mothers and for women who have chronic pelvic pain, such as endometriosis. Um, and the reason that I started it was because I was working in the area of pelvic health physio for around about seven years. And um, there were three things that would often come up during those years. Why does this sort of thing happen to me? Why does this happen? And how come no one tells you it can happen? And I thought this was normal. And why didn't anyone tell me about women's health physio? And so I thought, okay, what can I do to help these women and answer those questions? So I started a blog and I started writing about all these taboo issues, talking about things like pelvic organ prolapse, obstetric anal sphincter injuries, things that you would never really find that much info on online in terms of what it is and how to overcome it. I mean, they're kind of scary terms. Mm. I mean... That, yeah, that, that's a that's a whole scary mouthful that you just described. It is, and it is scary in in a sense that we don't know um, what they are and that what we can do to overcome them. But the thing is, you know, a lot of women will have that's Heather's baby just there. <laughs> it's not Shannon. No, <laughs> that would be um, my daughter who's decided that she wants to chime in. Thirty to fifty percent of women will have pelvic organ prolapse, and um, one in eight women will have an obstetric anal sphincter injury, which is essentially a third or fourth degree perineal tear. Wait, did you just say thirty to fifty percent of women have organ prolapse? That's right. Whoa, yeah. that's immense. It is. So a lot of women are walking around with a prolapse and they don't know it. How um, can you not know it if you've had an organ prolapse? Because you think it's normal. Like, it's inside. It's not hanging outside of your body. A lot of the time, it's still inside your body. And so, um, you know, if it's still inside your body and you you just have these, like, nagging symptoms, like, oh, I got a bit of back pain or, you know, I, I leak a little bit when I run or jump, but you don't really look deeper than that. You just think, oh, it's just part and parcel of giving birth. But it could actually just be a prolapse. And if you fix the prolapse, you can fix those other issues. And how long after you've given birth can you actually diagnose a prolapse? Can you diagnose that straight away or you need to wait for things to kind of settle back into place? I usually just say to wait, you know, a few weeks for it to kind of settle. So usually at your six to eight week check, we can tell if you have a pelvic organ prolapse. Um, But sometimes in some women, it just all looks really like different down there. So we often do another checkup at about 10 to 12 weeks and that kind of tells exactly when, (laughs) exactly what kind of issue is happening. And the focus on the pelvic area is important, not just for women who have vaginal births. It's it's across the the board, isn't it? Whether Absolutely. you have a C-section or, or a vaginal birth. Obviously not every woman, but it's the pregnancy itself that puts the load on the pelvis. So as the um, uterus grows larger and moves up into your abdomen, it puts load on your bladder and on your rectum. And so then that pressure that comes down on your bladder or your rectum can then be the reason why you might experience symptoms like maybe bladder control problems or um, pelvic organ prolapse, like heaviness sensations or even lower back pain. It's just it's just the fact that you've gone you've, you've been pregnant. So if you've had a C-section, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have symptoms. You could very well have symptoms. And in fact, some of the research shows that women who have C-section have a slightly higher risk of uterine prolapse because, um, you know, when they cut through, they cut through the uterus, um, it changes the integrity of the connective tissue around that area. So bladder prolapse seems to be more common in women who have vaginal birth, whereas the uterine prolapse is more common in women who have a C-section birth. And I didn't realise that lower back pain was a symptom of organ prolapse at all. Yeah, well, the thing is, think about your uterus. It's actually attached to your lower back via ligaments called the uterosacral ligament. So your sacrum is your lower back. So because 
the um, uterus actually sticks up onto your back, if your uterus is sagging down, it's going to pull on your back and then your back's going to get sore. So that's why part of the things that we do as women's health physios is, is um, we actually insert a little device called a pessary. So it's kind of like a support device. Almost think of it like a bra for your bits. Um, it lifts up your organs back up into place so it takes the load off of your lower back. Wow, I haven't heard of those before. Have no, you heard of that? No, I haven't. Yeah. What so does it look like? Sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's actually, you, if you put it in, you don't even notice that it's in there. It's kind of like wearing a tampon. Do you right. wear it all the time or you like put it in for the day and then Yeah, take it so it depends or? on the pessary. So yeah. for bladder prolapses, normally we fit um, a ring-shaped pessary. So it looks just like a ring. And you can't tell that it's in there. It kind of goes up through your vagina and sits up on top of your pelvic floors and just pushes your bladder back up. If you have more significant prolapse, then a cube pessary is usually used. So it's kind of like a tampon. You don't notice that it's in there and it just sits there and it pushes everything back up and into place. And after a while, will things then mend and you don't need the pessary anymore or you're just with the pessary as your friend for life? So that depends on how soon you've come to have an assessment with a women's health physio. Usually women who come in that early postpartum period, so maybe from 0 to 12 months or 0 to 24 months, if they get fitted for a pessary, sometimes you can have complete reversal of that prolapse because in that time your hormones are still like what they were in pregnancy, slightly different, but they're not like they were before pregnancy. So the body kind of uses that hormonal changes and um, adapts, and as you strengthen your pelvic floor in that time, It'll help to lift the organs back up into place. And usually, well, sometimes after 12 or 24 months, you don't need the pessary anymore. But if a woman comes maybe five years postpartum or 10 years postpartum or 20 years postpartum, sometimes that pessary is something they use for life. But it's so easy to put in and take out. If you've ever put a tampon in and taken a tampon out, it's that easy. Um, So it's not something that's really hard to look after. And depending on the pessary, some of them can stay in and you don't have to really take them out. You just leave them in there. And then others, you put them in during the day and take them out at night. um, So just to let your walls kind of recover. So taking a step back, for pregnant women out there who might be a little bit nervous about what's going to happen to their pelvic area, what do you recommend? What's your best advice for how they can protect it and then make sure that everything's okay afterwards? So I guess one of the things that we need to keep in mind is, you know, don't be afraid. Like this is part of, you know, we, we, we get pregnant, we give birth, our bodies can recover. So even if you do experience symptoms after you give birth, there's always something you can do to fix it. But during pregnancy, there are things that, they, that women can do to prevent this from happening. So doing your pelvic floor exercises before, during pregnancy can help build up those muscles beforehand. And especially in the two months before you give birth, so from 32 or 34 weeks um, pregnancy, you can start doing some work to kind of practice birth education type techniques. So b- like trying to relax down through your pelvic floor, trying to do the things that will help facilitate a birth in a way that your pelvic floor muscles are letting go and stretching. So things like perineal massage techniques. I was just about to ask, is that something that actually helps? Because looking online, there's so many different opinions on that, I suppose. it's hard. I, I was never sure whether that was something that would make a difference. It does, does it? Yeah, so I, I'm of the belief that it does. And very often um, when I was working in, in private practice, women would come in pregnancy about 34 weeks onwards and and I would actually do the massage for them and show them how to do it and even bring in their partner to show them how to do it so that they're doing it on a daily basis because you're trying to make the tissues more pliable so that you know you don't go from this tense muscle that you suddenly during birth you're just 
pushing and stretching and overstretching and you haven't even prepared it yet. So in that time, you know, six to eight weeks before birth, you can prepare the tissue so that they're able to stretch. So perineal massage, pelvic floor exercises, in the last few weeks doing more relaxation exercises, breathing, learning how to breathe so that, you know, you can facilitate relaxation. Because the last thing you want to do is be stressed during your birth period. I mean, obviously it is stressful, but you don't want to be like panicking and anxious. So trying to employ like relaxation strategies can be really effective. And so with the massage, is the idea that you would do that in labour? You know, there are some people that do it in labour. So yeah, so like it it would be like, I don't know if they do it here, but I know that there are some people, especially with home birth, some midwives do it for their, um, for the ladies that they're working with. Um, But yeah, like you could perhaps mention it to um, the midwife or wherever you are birthing. And some people do it from really early on as well. Like I've had friends who have started right on like the 12 week mark. Does really? that make a difference or is it really only later on that it's worthwhile? I'm doing? I'm not sure like cause, because most of the things I teach is more from like an evidence-based model. So I don't know of people who've done it from 12 weeks, but I do know that from 34 weeks it is recommended. Yeah. And usually from 34 weeks, I, I will suppose that eight, six to eight weeks is good enough time for women to start preparing those muscles. Is it ever just too late for your pelvic area to give it Look, some love and attention? I would say it's never too late to start because all... All your body's need is strengthening. Like we need to strengthen our muscles. Our muscles aren't designed to be weak and lazy. They're designed to be strong. So research actually shows that um, doing pelvic floor exercises, even if you're like 70 or 80, you know, doing eight weeks of it or 12 weeks of it does have a difference. It does make a difference. And you can actually improve symptoms like incontinence and prolapse at, at that age. So it's never too late. Obviously, in some cases, the things can be quite... You know, in some cases, they can have really bad prolapse, for example, um, and then you know it, it can be a bit difficult. But then, using a pessary might be useful with your pelvic floor exercises. There are options, in other yeah, words. there are definitely options, and I think that's one of the things we all should keep in mind is that you know it doesn't matter um, how long it's been, how long it's been since you've given birth, you can actually overcome those issues. Um, you just need to know like what to do. So what? do you think we can do to kind of open up the conversation about pelvic problems? Because from what you've written that's out there in the, in the public sphere already, in The Guardian and various other places, uh, you think that it needs to be a conversation that more women are having. It's like, as you said earlier, a taboo subject no one talks about. What can we do to try and encourage people to talk about this more? Yes. Yeah, so look, I think generally women do want to know about these things and the reason I say this is because I've asked like I've done polls on whether women would like to know about pelvic floor issues and their risks for pelvic floor issues and on those polls about 85% of women said they wanted to know so I think you know women deserve autonomy like they should have the right to know these things can happen and the right to know that there are treatments out there. That's not just surgery. Like a lot of women think surgery is the only solution. And so if we can talk about these things, then, you know, we, the more education women will have, like, you know, in this room, a lot of us didn't even know that pelvic organ prolapse affected so many women. And we didn't know that there's such a thing as pessary. And we don't, you know, we don't know that we can do perineal massage from this time or, or pelvic floor exercise and so on. So like the more we can speak about these things, the more education women, women will have and the better access to high-quality health care they will also have. So, you know, education is key. Why are obstetricians not telling women about this stuff? 
So I think we have to think about the role of the obstetrician. Like generally, you know, the obstetrician's job is to deliver a healthy baby, right? And, you know, after you give birth, really you only see obstetrician maybe once for a six-week check and that's that's about it. So the, the, their role in the obstetrician isn't so much about mother's postpartum care. It's just like, is the baby healthy? Okay, that's it. So I then think, I guess the question is, whose responsibility is it to look after the mother? Is that why there's not enough that's, happening in this area? Because no, no one's responsibility? This is the issue. That's actually the role of a woman's health physio. Like a woman's health physio is the best person to look after a woman in the, woman in the postpartum period because she knows and she understands and her first priority is the woman. So as much as I love babies and I have one in my arms... <laughs> When a woman comes into the clinic, I'm not really concerned too much about her baby because everybody else is. I'm concerned about her. What's going on in her life? How's her mental health? How's her physical health? How's her sexual health? Like everything to do with what will make her, you know, herself again. That's what a woman's health physio is concerned about. So women's health physios, that's where you've got to head, ladies. If there's anything that feels a little bit uncomfortable in your whole pelvic area or even back pain as we established before. But so women's health physios, that's not just a, a regular physio. Um, no, no. They're, it's not like a general physio that you would go to if you, you know, had a back problem. It's more of a physio that's specialised in pelvic health. And so women's health physios actually do vaginal exams. So they're trained Internal in, ultrasounds yeah, as well. Yeah. They, they're trained in internal work. So they can assess what your muscles actually feel like from the inside. They can see what and how many prolapses you have and help you fix them. And they can help with pain as well. So even things like scar tissue pain, which is something we don't really talk about, like after you give birth, if you've had a perineal tear, sometimes it can hurt down there. C-section scars, they can be quite sore and painful in some women. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of things a women's health physio can do. What are some of the long-term benefits to giving your pelvic area some attention? Yeah, so like just overall, your bladder health, like you can go to the bathroom without having things like urgency or without having problems like leaking, you know, whether if you're jumping or running or even coughing and sneezing. Um, Even your bowel health, like going to the bathroom and not getting constipated or if you have bowel control problems, then fixing that. Um, In terms of sexual health, you know, making sure you don't have any pain with intercourse and that it is enjoyable Um, if things feel a bit you know, loose down there, then tightening things up so that you can feel more pleasure. You know, even your menstrual health, like things like um, if you have period problems, that can also be related to what's going on down there. So, so yeah, just just being able to like have, you know, optimal bladder health, bowel health, sexual health, menstrual health, giving attention to that area will ensure that. So the lesson here is that discomfort is not normal it, and there's something you can do about it. Yeah, definitely. And um, one of the things that we do through the Pelvic Expert, which I mentioned earlier, is we actually offer online programs for women um, who might be experiencing any issues after birth. So we provide that bladder health education, bowel health education, sexual health education, so that women can, you know, especially in that early postpartum period, if they can't get to see, if they can't get to see a women's health physio then they can get that access um, in the comfort of their own homes. And we provide pelvic floor exercises and things like that as well. Sounds like a pretty fantastic resource. And probably cheaper than a women's health physio in a lot of cases. 
Yeah, so one of the things that we provide through the Pelvic Expert is online programs. Um, and one of the programs that we have is a mother's program. It's a 12-week program that mums can do as early as early as straight away postpartum. And we have bladder health education, bowel health education, sexual health education. And then, of course, all that pelvic floor strengthening, core strengthening and working through that over 12 weeks that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And um, what's amazing is that we also have a beautiful community of other women who are also going through um, the program or have been through the program and improved all their health, as well as access to myself as the women's health expert and other specialists as well. And I think it's a really um, it's a really important resource for women to have access to, especially if they don't have a women's health local or they're too early postpartum and they just can't you know, leave the home for whatever reason. Or maybe they're busy mums and they're working. In a lot of cases, though, women probably do need to see an expert in order to get an initial diagnosis, I would imagine. Yeah, so like um, if they have something like prolapse, then yes, you know, having a physical consult is useful. In saying that, um, you know, because I've worked in this area for quite a while, it's pretty easy for me to decipher if somebody has an issue and I'm really good at referring out to the right um, the right experts. They might be a women's health physio. If there's somebody local, I can refer them on. Or um, if there isn't anyone in the area, then we'll just do the best we can to try and provide them with the resources um, through online means. All right. We'll, we'll post that link up on Facebook. Thank you so much, Heba, for coming and speaking to us today. And thank you, Rukaya, for being such a gorgeous little baby and being so patient with us. (laughs) Thanks, Alice. Thanks, Shannon. It's been a pleasure to be here. So what are you taking away from this, Shan? Essentially, pain in the pelvic area is not normal. You don't have to live with it. It's common. It's really common. But it doesn't mean that that's normal. No. And there's actually a lot of different things you can do to help yourself out down there. Mm. Ask your GP for a referral to a women's health physio. If you can't afford that, there are other things, as we've just learned, that you can access online to help you learn more about that whole area and about what you should be feeling and what you really shouldn't be feeling. So yet again, give the area some love. It needs some TLC. I also just think maybe this is something that we need to take an oath to talk about more with our mates, with our mums, with our sisters. Let's remove the taboos around talking about the vagina. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for talking about having a prolapse conversation. I've had a couple recently and they are, they are, it's tough going, you, you know. you had a couple of prolapses? Or you had no, a- like <laughs> I've had conversations about prolapses ah. with groups of friends around, you know, And it's mostly done in that sort of joking kind of like, oh, how's the prolapse going sort of way. But maybe we actually need to be sort of sharing the information a bit more about, you know, there is treatment, you can, there are ways to repair yourself and and sharing sharing the education around. Mm. One of those words where the more you use it, the less scary it is. Exactly. Let's say prolapse. 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 May the prolapse be with you. Thank you. (laughs) It's our last episode of Body Shock. All wrapped up like a burrito. Yes, what a great burrito it's been. I don't know if it's been tasty, but it's been full of many different elements. It has. And hopefully not too cheesy. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you found it worthwhile. Don't forget to tell your friends about it. And rate us in iTunes. And share the love. Share the love. Thanks so much. (laughs) 